what is up everyone welcome to another episode of chat with dan this is your host dan for this episode we have an amazing guest as always coming to the show but before we start i want to make sure that you're having an amazing day or evening depending where you are and also remember that every day is a beautiful day because you exist so without further more let's get started There you go. Hi! Hello, hello. Perfect. So, how are you today, Alex? I'm doing very well. I'm, t- I'm very happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing good as well. Thank you. I mean, it's it's super hot today, hot day, but I'm but I'm okay. I already, as I say, I already have my drink ready because it's 1 p.m. here, so it's good. It's good, right? <laughs> I love that. Well, we, how are we supposed to talk about this podcast about there being? You've got to talk about cocktails. You've yeah, got to talk about cocktails. Def- we definitely have to talk about that too. Um, I'm like, I've got my eyes <laughs> That's good. That would be awesome. I also have my wa- my water here, it's somewhere here, but it's here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so before we start, you know the drill, Alex. I have to give this epic welcome. So you know, so here we go. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> oh my god, I love that. There we go. That- <laughs> there we go. So, starting with the whole, yeah, like, starting with everything here. So, guys, tell me about Shake, 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 Shake podcast. I mean, where did you got the idea to create such epic podcast? It kind well, of evolved. Like, we, we met working on a Shakespeare show in which we both had to drive really far. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do on the drive. It's so long. And Alex was like, you can listen to podcasts. And I was like, oh my God, podcasts. And then it was a Shakespeare show. We found out we both love Shakespeare. So we like, we're like, we should start a podcast. And like, it started literally with just the two of us sitting in the floor of my closet, talking about Lady Macbeth into yeah. a microphone. And then we were like, that's not good. We sh- we can do better. And it- I forgot that we did that. Yeah, when it started, it was just the two of us like shooting that's- the shit about Shakespearean characters. And we wanted it, we were talking specifically, if I remember proper, like, correctly about, like, Shakespeare and women, I guess, right? We were like, yeah. let's talk about women of Shakespeare, which is hilarious, by the way, because I told my dad the idea for this, mm. that we're going to do a podcast about Shakespeare's women. And my dad, who doesn't know anything about Shakespeare, was like, I don't know, I think you would want to choose a topic that would give you more episodes than just Shakespeare's girlfriends. And I was like, no, not like Shakespeare. <laughs> like, like, so... And then Black Lives Matter movement um, was happening in, you know, last year around what April, May, June. Um, and obviously it's still yeah. continuing. But when Cody and I were thinking about, we, we had done this horrible, which I totally forgot, like Beth episode already and never hadn't released it. And we we wanted to do something, but it felt, it felt wrong slash weird to be like, we're too privileged white women let's like talk about Shakespeare which is something that mm. has historically been very um much like very white very mm. you know elite quote-unquote yeah. even though when we talk about this even though that's not actually the origins and the roots of Shakespeare and so then we thought well how can we still create the thing we want to create but let it be a platform for people um who are diverse to share their opinions on Shakespeare so 
we then decided to come up with this framework that we have now where we have two actors with diverse backgrounds they prep the same part they have two weeks to prep the same part and then they come on the show and then they talk about the way they've broken down that character oh my god my manager just joined hi versa i love you um, <laughs> hi versa <laughs> So that's well, how I it's... Think, yeah, I think there was a part of us that like we like Alex and I have had the conversation many, many times about how um, kind of like otherizing Shakespeare can be because it is so academic and wealthy and elite and white. And, and that's not like Shakespeare wrote the human condition and he was writing soap operas for the masses. And so, you know, we've had that conversation so many times and it felt like everything kind of just fell together because we were like, what can we do to make an actual change in our industry? Yeah. And we were like, well, we both have a background in Shakespeare. We both love podcasts. This was something we were going to do anyways. Why don't we use this as a tool, not only to promote actors of diverse backgrounds, but also to just like help people see that anyone can step into any Shakespearean role and it will work. Like it holds up, the text is that good. And also that the diversity of people's backgrounds makes that part more interesting and complex. Yeah. And that's what's exciting about it is when we have these, you know, these two very different actors and we go, well, what, what stood out to you about this character? Um, and then they get to show, like, well, this really resonated resonated with me because I feel X Y Z, you know, yeah. et cetera. Um, and so we love that because it's so it's always so interesting. Like he gives you so so much material to play around with. It's always fascinating to me what stands out to certain actors based off of their backgrounds. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so far with all the episodes you guys have, tell me what do you like the most about like your yeah like your favorite episode podcast <laughs> that's so hard <laughs> oh man i don't think i have one which i hate to say they're all <laughs> they're all so good in different ways because sometimes we'll have actors come on who are like veteran stage performers have been doing this for years like i'm thinking specifically about our richard um episode with michael nearing and Taslina, who are just like have been 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 doing Shakespeare for decades mm -hmm. and so their insight uh was was very full and detailed and beautiful but then we've also had actors on the show who are like I'm terrified of Shakespeare and those episodes are still just as exciting and interesting to us because they they're coming at it with like a very fresh perspective yeah. they in like 15 people play Lady Macbeth and so they're drawing on that experience they're just like this is what I like. and it's like oh I never even thought about that because my understanding of this character is 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 enmeshed with all everyone else's understandings of this character that I've seen you know over the years so I don't know our Regan episode recently I really loved because we dove into some super nerdy stuff that I like but I love all my children equally what do you think Coach? I yeah I was just gonna say I don't I don't have I I'm gonna say the same thing I think also because like it's featuring actors that we both know and love and it's like well I feel like picking an episode is also kind of picking the actors and like yeah. I don't want to go there but I think what you touched on was very I love the episodes where we talk about being scared of Shakespeare and we are given an opportunity to break down why it shouldn't be scary. Um, yeah. I think there is this like, and Dan, you and I have talked about this, how like Shakespeare is like something that's like forced on you at school and it's mm -hmm. like really complicated and you're like, I don't get it, so I just quit. And so I love 
I think I love the episodes where we are given the opportunity to like dive into that a little bit because one of our actors hasn't done a lot of Shakespeare or it's is a seasoned actor who's still like I every time I get a text I'm like I need to pull out no fear Shakespeare because I'm like I don't know what this is yeah. like that's okay <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I totally understand uh the fact that like the other day I I somebody asked me like hey from all the episodes you have which one is your favorite and I was like ah dang it so, <laughs> That yeah. Alex, right, us, us, yeah, right now. It's right now. It's yeah. Right now, it's <laughs> it's it's you guys. But uh, but yeah, it's it's difficult, totally. But but because everyone is yeah, because every person is different, and the good and like the beauty of it is that with all the people of with all the persons that I've been with all the people that I've been interviewed, everyone brings something new, like uh, like like yeah, something new they did. Or about their story, and that's what makes it like uh, like unique. Everyone, so yeah, I totally get it about that. And and yeah, and about Shakespeare, yeah, yeah. I even told I I even told Alex. Do, do you remember like when I told you on on our interview that like the only play that I had, we which I only had one line, and that was it, <laughs> one line. And uh, and uh, yeah, like uh, like the director of that play, he was like he was like talking all like Shakespeare in a very uh, in a very difficult way to understand it because he was speaking like in a very fancy Spanish, you know, like old Spanish. And I didn't understand anything from what he was saying and, and uh, like anything at all. And like like all of the all of the all of the rest of the of, of the people who were who acted in that play, yeah, they knew a little bit. I mean I was the only one who, who did that only for get some credits and that was it. But uh, I just couldn't understand anything he was saying, like, like literally. Even if we were speaking like the same language, I couldn't understand. <laughs> he was like so complex, like bringing words that I never heard in my life, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And then at some point, he was like, "Listen to me. You only have one line, so don't mess this up." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I won't." Of course, I did. But anyway, that's. <laughs> <I did. laughs> no, I mean, I think Shakespeare, like that, you know, there, there, there are way institutions that that has kept. Sh- you're feeling very elite and again mm. kind of there's like feels like sometimes there's like this gatekeeping system mm. um where you have to study it and you have to study it at one of these schools and and it's just like oh that's just such crap because that's not at all what you know like Cody said Shakespeare wrote for the masses he wrote for he wrote for the queen he also wrote for the really drunk poor illiterate people in you know in the very front row mm. drinking beer and I think a big mis- misconception is that everyone back then spoke that way and everyone back then understood what he was saying and it's like no he was making up words like the people definitely didn't know you know everything every moment but what's amazing about Shakespeare is that you don't have to understand every reference he makes in order to understand it in your bone mm. the rhythm of the like the iambic pentameter the meter the vowels he uses like all the constant choice repetition like all of that stuff just hits you on a cellular level. Yeah. You might even go I didn't understand every reference or every like Greek mythology point that was made, but I like knew, I just knew what was happening. And I, I that is that can be just so not just effective, but like just it can just change you. Yeah. Done wrong, it's so bad. I mean, I think people Cody and I get asked this a lot. People are like, "Oh, y'all must love going to see Shakespeare." And I'm like, Good Shakespeare. <laughs> bad. I'm like the worst person to have in the audience with you because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're ruining it. 
I get that part. I mean, for me, it, it happened with the music uh, because I'm also a DJ. Yeah, and every every now and then when uh, when uh, I will go to, I mean, I, I stopped, but uh, like the last time I went to a to a to a club, uh, I was just like pissed at the DJ. I was like, no, you didn't have done that. Why you put that song? No, you need to put this. No, switch it with this. I was just like like. Yeah, it was the worst. And then at some point, a friend of mine was like, "Dude, why don't you go to the booth and ask him if you can play?" And I was like, "No, because that's that's not the way." But I'm I'm just gonna criticize it from here, and that's it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, moving on to the main thing. Now, tell me about your story with uh, with Shakespeare. I mean, what are some of the things you enjoy the most about? It? Oh, I I was lucky enough to fall into Shakespeare in middle school, and I think and Dan, you and I have talked about this, like having a teacher, like having a great teacher will make or break someone's love of any subject mm. anywhere. And I think that's why teachers are not given enough credit and are not paid enough. But yeah. you know, that's put that aside. I was lucky enough in middle school there was this incredible teacher named Mr. Waxler who had it was just like a Shakespeare drama class so like you could be in like drama in middle school which like did musicals and stuff or you could take this Shakespeare class which I guess like gave you also a, a like English credit or a social studies credit or something and so I fell into that in second in seventh grade and we did an all-female Julius Caesar which like part of me is like is that was that really the best choice for a bunch of like 11 year olds but like again mr waxer was just like it was just glowing out of him this love of shakespeare and wanting to help all of us understand it and like it was one of those things where okay yeah we maybe broke down iambic a little bit but it, it really that class had nothing to do with that it was here's a scene get up there and just work it out and i think the tactileness of the class and the like just jump in energy like m made all the difference for me it wasn't let's sit like this was my first introduction to Shakespeare so I was lucky enough to get this class prior to the English classes in high school that were like just sit down and read this book read Romeo and Juliet because yeah. I don't think reading Shakespeare ignites passion in the same way that jumping in and, and, and doing it or seeing it or hearing it does So that was, and then of course it like set me off on a whole journey that ended me up doing a classical uh, degree in London. But that was for me, that was where it started. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Alex? I mean, similar, like I, I was always a big theater nerd in middle school and high school. I was that kid. And my first introduction to Shakespeare was like in an English class, like let's just sit and read this. And actually, that's not true. My first introduction to Shakespeare, my mom took me to see a ballet of Romeo and Juliet when I was a kid. And I remember like halfway turned to her and I said, when are they going to start talking? And my mom was like, <laughs> and then I was oh, very, no. like, what was ballet? So anyway, I was like, it was not when I was like 17. But then when I was in high school, I always, I, I felt like I should like Shakespeare because I was such a theater. But my first introduction, other than Romeo and Juliet ballet, was sitting in a classroom and just reading it silently and being bored out of my mind. And it wasn't until my, either my junior or senior year of high school, one of my theater classes, um, one of the alumni of that class had gone to Juilliard. And so he came back to do a workshop and he broke down, it's so funny, he broke down a Caesar piece for us. Oh, look at so that. So we looked at the scansion, we brought a scansion and we looked at the scansion of it. 
and my mind was just blown. I was like, all of this is contained within this line, the meter and instructions for the actor on how to perform it, what the audience should be getting and understanding from that line. It was like, what? And then from there, it just snowballed. And same as Cody, you know, went on to study it, you know, got a master's degree in it, lived in London for a bit, and, and now I teach it. And what I love about Shakespeare is that I could teach one line of Shakespeare for an entire semester and still not get to everything that is contained within that line. And that is so just, I think that can be intimidating for some people. The fact that there's no, there's no bottom. It's like that quote from Midsummer, like bottoms, no bottom, the bottom, but it's like Shakespeare hath no bottom and you can always find new things. I think for some people that can be very intimidating, but for weirdos like me and Cody and other Shakespeare nerds, it's just, it's thrilling. It's like a puzzle. Like, yeah, it's like, I feel like Nancy Drew. I'm like, aha! Mm, <laughs> yeah. here saying, we're nerds. <laughs> I apologize. That's so cool. And how you will usually break, uh, yeah, how, how you will you usually break uh, Shakespeare text? Yeah, it's, I, I think, like Alex is saying, we always, or I always start with scansion. And then I'm, I have recently fallen in love with um, folio training, which also tells you where to breathe and is very specific on, okay, um, different punctuation means you do something different. And so that's always the breakdown for me is like starting sitting with a text with a pencil. And then I always pull out like five different color pens and like I'll mark out, okay, the commas are blue slashes now in my script. And the semicolons and colons are orange brackets so that if I'm looking at the page from back here, all the punctuation is like screaming out at me, which I find really helpful. I don't know how you start, Alex. You know, I just had this thought. I was like, I want to go around and just take photos of actors' scripts, but the actors are yeah. so like, my script, they would probably be like this person, like, it would be like a great like psychology map of like yeah. how to think. But um, I, I always write my lines out by hand first and I double space them on a piece of paper. I scan them. That's my always my first step. Um, and then I'm really big on rhetoric. So I'll go back through with, and sometimes I'll use different colored pens and I'll bracket the thoughts. And like, sometimes you have to like arrow down to like, here's the continuation of the thought. Like the thought starts on page 12 and it ends on page 24 or whatever. Um, and then finding like, I'm really big on like the sounds that he uses. So I'll go through and I'll like IPA sometimes my script and IPA is when you, um, like there's a specific sound or sorry, there's a specific symbol for every sound you can make as a human being. So you can IPA it out so you can just really clearly see the sounds that he's using, you can find patterns within those sounds. Yeah. It's like, it takes time, but I love it. And and that's something, it's like, once you do all that work, he tells you how to perform it. Right. So a lot of front end work, but then once you start performing it, you're doing it exactly how, you know, Shakespeare from the grave is like, can you please stop that and breathe? That'd be great. And don't stop there. Keep, keep going. No pauses, please. So once you know what you're looking for, it's, it's easy yeah how vast and cool is that wow right? and what and why do you think Shakespeare it's important for acting mm. I think it's like weightlifting if, if you can if you can act Shakespeare I really truly think you can act anything and I out the way I explain students when they're like oh I don't you know want to do Shakespeare that feels hard I'm like can you imagine if there was like 
a professional basketball player who was like, I'm not going to learn how to do the point shots. I mm. just want to do free throws. And it's like, why are we not pushing ourselves to take on this incredible poetry? And I think you learn about yourself as a performer by doing Shakespeare. So that's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I second that. Here, here. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Fair enough. And why is it called gor uh, Gorgeous Language? Oh, Shakespeare just like, again, I think what Alex pointed on earlier is like he, he was making up half of these words because there wasn't a word already in the English language that could communicate. Like, I just picture like Shakespeare as this man that's just like bursting with feelings and emotions and experience. And he had to create words to describe how he was feeling, to describe what he was seeing in the world. I think he sensorily experienced the world in a different way and he had to start creating words and using like Alex was saying using vowels and consonants and putting together language in a way that like Alex was saying impacts like your bones as a human being like even if you don't and I say this a lot it's like I think the reason that a lot of people kind of go wrong with Shakespeare is in the audience they'll sit and try and kind of muscle through like well i don't know what that word means and i don't know and it's like no no forget about all of that sit back like have a glass of wine and just let the show kind of wash over you because mm. on a subconscious level like your body is going to hear the rhythm is going to hear the sounds and is going to understand what is being said which is so cool sorry go ahead alex no 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 just the yes to all of that yes to huzzah and you know like to, to yes and that when I'm teaching this to students and if they have a line of text and they're like I don't know what this means first of all I'm a big fan of lexicons I'm like let's look it up because speaking about language like I have um one of his lexicons where the writing is really tiny and the word take just that word that word take has like five pages of definitions depending upon what the show is <laughs> language was so specific you know it's right like, I always tell students, I'm like, look everything up. Because I'm sure if you saw the word take in the script, you'd be like, oh, I know what that means. But mm -hmm. like, no, like Shakespeare used that word like a weapon in a very specific way. So if I have a student who's like, I don't know what this line means, before you ever look it up, I say, what do you think it means? Because you have to trust that, again, your bones kind of know that meaning. Um, yeah. And I'm also a, a full believer that Shakespeare had synesthesia. Like you were saying, Cody, like he felt things on a sensorial level. I really think that he had synesthesia because so much of his um, language is like color. There's just so many colors. Like there's just a lot of color base in it. Like Macbeth, white and red are just constantly referenced throughout that entire show because it represents the blood of the show. And the white represents her milk because she's just lost a child, also semen. And like the Queen Saxon death that's like running all that play. So I do think that, you know, that just struck me, Cody, because you said he experienced the world in a very sensorial way. And I think that that's, I, I truly believe that. That's me yeah. wow. doing psychotherapy on Shakespeare. <laughs> that's epic. So would you say that maybe like one of the problems of, of, I mean, when someone goes to theater is that they want to understand everything and not let themselves to go. Yeah. And not like let themselves go and, and just enjoy the ride. Yeah be taken by it just, yeah. just let yourself flow with what's happening on stage and if it's a good production and the actors know what they're doing then you should leave the theater 
again, like it, you have to be okay with the not knowing sometimes with Shakespeare. It's like opera, you know, if, you're, if I, I don't speak Italian, but if I go to the opera and I, and I kind of shut off the part of my brain, that's like, what are they saying? Mm -hmm. And experience it and enjoy it. Then I'm a, a, a different part of my brain is activated. Yeah. The, like tone and subtext. There's this great podcast. I'll make this quickly. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking way too much. That I make my students listen to. It's it's Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast, where she's talking to this woman who is a neurologist who was specializing in strokes. Okay. And morning she woke up to go to work and she had a stroke. And as the stroke was happening, she was like, "This is fascinating. I study this." Like, and she had a a bleed in the part of her brain language and so as she's having the stroke her colleague who's picking her up calls her to tell her that he's outside like hey, i'm here to pick you up and she pulled up and so i you know he could tell that something was wrong when i answered the phone and he said don't worry i'm getting you help and oprah said well how did you how did you know he said that if you were bleeding in the part of your brain that understands language and she goes well because that part of my brain was dying the other part of my brain that understands tone subtext language rhythm all of that was really really active and really listening and so i was able to understand him even though i couldn't understand him and i was like that's shakespeare yeah you have to have part of your brain that, that's trying to understand just like kind of die so that the other part of your brain can light up and then you will understand what's happening and more well and i think also like you have to remember that audiences in shakespeare's day were not paying attention like really at all and so, like, Shakespeare is going to keep going over the points that you need to remember as an audience member to, like, understand the plot. Like, there's a reason why in Titus Andronicus, every time Marcus shows up on stage, someone is like, ah, my brother Marcus. Like, it is, like, like it happens, like, eight times over the first half of Titus Andronicus. Like, Titus will introduce him as my brother Marcus. And it's like, we're just making sure everyone understands that this is my brother and his name is Marcus. Like, we're just gonna keep saying that because yeah. the audience wasn't paying attention. So I think if you're trying to do this, not only is it difficult because half of the words are confusing, but you're like, wait, why are they repeating that again? Are we, don't we already know that? Is this new information? And it's yeah. like, don't don't pay attention so hard. It's gonna be better, I promise. And something else you did, and I just also wanna say this because, um, oh, hi, Nick, thank you. Um, my my amazing choir team from high school just logged on. Hi, Skr. Um, but, because I was going to say, it was like, it's like music. So whenever there is also something that you need to know as the audience, Shakespeare will switch up the meter there ever so slightly. We'll put an extra beat there, or he'll do what's known as a feminine ending in the second foot, which causes you to move. Cody calls it something different um, and causes you to pause. So Shakespeare will change the music so that for the audience, it's a bit like a record scratch because mm. they've been hearing the same rhythm and all of a sudden it's like jarring. And so if there's something that needs to be heard, like this is my brother Marcus, like an important piece of information plot or the exposition, he will make sure that you you hear it by, by changing up that, that record. Wow, that's... Hi. That's really cool. Wow. So basically it's like dancing as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Shakespeare is very physical and actually part of Cody's training, I don't, I don't know if you want to talk about it, was specifically in physicalizing Shakespeare. Yeah. Wow. And what are some of the things of, about the language of Shakespeare that could help be, that could help an actor to tell a story? 
Well, Cody and I talk about this a lot that, you know, there are certain writers, modern day writers, contemporary writers who, who are language based, like, I mean, all writers are language based, but there are some writers who are very heavy with their language, like Aaron Sorkin, mm. right? Like that is a, that's a, he's a very heavy, heavy language writer or even like procedurals, you know, where you're going in and you're saying these, you know, very highfalutin medical terms, legal terms, mm. like you have to have um, a facility with, with language for those pieces. And Shakespeare helps you with that. Also like anything that requires high stakes, no, sometimes I watch these Marvel films and I'm like, this is Shakespeare. Like, it's just like yeah. real high stakes or soap operas, really mm -hmm. high stakes. Um, and also Shakespeare wrote every genre. If you think about it, he had a murder mystery. He has fantasy. He has rom-coms. He has a he Tarantino has... film. Which is, which is the Tarantino one? Titus. Oh my God. <laughs> so someone, so... someone dies really gorily like every three minutes. Every, every, every... They're like, here are heads, and they just like roll heads on the stage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I totally agree. I, yeah, yeah. Here, here. Huzzah! <laughs> and, and what are some of the facts about Shakespeare that you, that you guys enjoy the most? Oh. The facts, like, like little, like, like tidbit facts. I know. Oh. Okay, I have one, I have one. Go. Okay. Um, Shakespeare might have have written the King John version of the Bible. That's one of the facts. So back, okay, I gotta look this up. Let's see which exact <laughs> John Shakespeare, which Psalms it is. So back in um, King John Bible, not King John Shakespeare. Anyway, so back in uh, not King John, King James, King James, Crap. Ah, King James. Go. Oh, I was like King. As I said, it was like here wasn't. That makes no sense. Of King John, which is one of his plays. So back in Psalm 46. So back when King James was king, he asked Shakespeare to do him a favor. And Shakespeare was planning on leaving London and moving back to Stratford. So we know that Shakespeare stayed in London for a longer period of time to help King James. We just don't know what it was. And then years later, the James version of the Bible is released. And this feels very different from most translations of the Bible. Now, they never say who actually translates the Bible, because of course it's supposed to be like some monk in a cave who was like by God and was like, I have to write this Bible for this king. But they would never say who did it. But it, that, that, that version feels just like very highly poetic. And if you go to Psalm 46, and Shakespeare was apparently 46 when he wrote this version of the Bible, the 46th word from the top is shakes. And the 46th word from the bottom is spear. And if you, where Shakespeare is buried, they have a King James version of the Bible sitting out with like a pointer to the shakes and a pointer to the spear. And so the first time I went to his, his grave, I didn't know this, you know, conspiracy. And so the, nothing to me. The second time I went back, I saw it and I was like, oh. and like I walked past and I was like, wait, 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 are you saying, are you like confirming? And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. We can neither like, confirm nor deny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's little like I just yeah I'm like I love the mystery around it I think because history wasn't being documented well it was being documented but people were kind of like putting like their own personal spins on everything that was happening so like we don't really know what's true and what's not like this is this is the history and I think that's like a, just a theme in history you know it's like you always say that the winners or the survivors get to write the story which you know it's neither here nor there um but I think like there's a part of me that just loves all of the conversations about like 
who was Shakespeare? Who wrote all of these texts? Like, I, there's a book that I love that I talk about a lot called The Sweet Swan of Avon that is just a collection of proof about how Mary Sidney might have written all of Shakespeare's texts because of X, Y, and Z. And she was like this incredible woman during the time, but because she was a woman, she wasn't allowed to write. She ended up, you know, writing books on poetry and publishing them under other names. But there's all this, like, again, like a bunch of scholars, like deep dove into, okay, Mary Sidney's family line and how their stories are retold in all the histories. And like, there are all these just like weird connections to her. And like her brother was at court at the same time that William Shakespeare was there. And apparently they knew each other. And I just love all that stuff. I think it's so cool. And of course, Shakespeare is my boyfriend. So I'm like, yes. Yeah, so she gets all personally all offended when I, I break this up. There are a lot of people didn't write Shakespeare and, mm-hmm. and it just I'm like back up <laughs> take a step, step back yeah. step back sit down so pretty, much, all, so pretty much you will say like hold my beer pretty much. <laughs> yeah yeah but the problem is, is I'm the one who has to hold her beer so when she's coming at me and I'm holding her beer it just gets very dark. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's so awesome I never knew. I mean, to be honest, I never knew that much of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Shakespeare. I mean, even when I was like doing a little bit of, yeah, I did just a little bit of research. But now, that, but now that you guys are explaining pretty much, yeah, like a lot, it's pretty much, yeah, like the head is like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. The yeah. second you like crack the door open, it's all just like, wow. Yeah. And yeah. do you think everyone who is not studying acting should get more involved on his work? I mean, I think I think anyone can enjoy his work, even if you're not an actor. Mm. Um, I would never like to someone who didn't like his work, because again, you know, I think that we all come at it with different backgrounds and experiences based off of how we learned about him in school. And again, it because it is such like a you know, it's held in this very like privileged elite white space, um, which again is what we're trying to kind of debunk and shatter. But um, I think I think his stories and his writing, I think it's really healing. I think that his poetry is you can you can read his poetry and you feel like someone's finally saying, Oh, I see when I know what you're going through. I know that sounds uh intense, but I think that anyone can enjoy his his work even if you're not an actor. Yeah. And I yeah, I would just encourage anyone who has a negative view of Shakespeare because of their experience with him in school. Um, or because they were forced to read him, like, give it a second shot, but go watch something. Don't, like, you don't ever need to pick up another book again. Like, go watch it. Go let it, again, let it wash over you because, and, and like, find, like, again, like, the young, rowdy, underground Shakespeare company. Like, don't, because, again, it's, like, I think the world of Shakespeare within the world of theater can still be very elite, white, privileged, academic, like, okay, great fine we need to change that and that's going to happen eventually but for now go find like a group of 20 somethings who really love Shakespeare and are putting on a show because that's going to be the version that's going to resonate with you yeah and I just want to piggyback on that like again reading it is so difficult I I'm obsessed with him clearly and I still can't just sit and read him I I have to if I'm working on a show I have to be listening to a version of it or watching a version of it while I'm reading it yeah and pausing and doing deep dives into you know specific words or things like that um because even though the audience doesn't have to fully know every reference you as a performer obviously 
you know, absolutely reference. Um, so all my work is, is built around listening and watching and, and then reading at the same time. But yeah, just sitting and reading, I'll fall asleep because that's not, he did not write it to be that way. It's supposed to be heard because it's poetry and because it's music. He it's didn't like even originally write it in a book. He wrote it on pieces of paper that he handed to actors. Like only way later was were there people from his acting company that started compiling all of these little slips of paper with people's lines on them and like piecing them together to make a show. Like he didn't even write them in books. It'd be like the same as if I handed you the, like sheet music and I was like, you cannot, you cannot sing this, you cannot play this. You have to read the sheet music in your head and and understand it like yeah exactly yeah which is gonna be impossible yeah and i think that is one of the issues that goes on schools that they will give you like just like a book or a piece of the book and be like read it and then when you read it you yeah you will be yeah you will be you will you will be pretty much hitting your head to the wall because of you don't know you don't know what you what you're reading about you know yeah i, yeah, I get that part okay yeah and i think it's because that's how those teachers were taught right i, I workshops now where I teach teachers how to teach Shakespeare and it's crazy how many of them are like I'm so intimidated by about you know by teaching him because I don't understand and I feel like I have to have all the answers as a teacher and so students like you know what does this mean and I say I don't know and I'm like oh my god that's 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 such a gift though that you could give them to say I don't know what do you think it means let's break it down let's look it up like you're not supposed to have all the answers with Shakespeare and and that needs to start in the classroom with saying this is an exploration it's there's it there's not like a right way to do this yeah exactly yeah okay and also i think that it's better if they pretty much let you let you explore you know that uh, and and i think that is also like a problem with the whole teaching uh system i would say that they will tell you one thing and that's the thing and and there's nothing else but that thing period so they're like and 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 especially like uh, like in like in philosophy or sociology like or like they don't let you they, they don't give you i mean it's really hard to uh, to find a teacher who who will let you like explore so you can build like your own like your own mind so you can have like your own ideals and yeah 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 wow. yeah wow. and how do you think the world would be if we were all living in one of his plays well you hope it's a comedy you <laughs> hope <laughs> one because all the comedies end in like a double or triple wedding and all the tragedies end in everyone dying so yeah i mean if it was a comedy there'd be a lot of um issues with identification of people mistaken identity as a woman all you have to do is put on a cap and all of a sudden you're a guy Who and no one she? you um <laughs> I mean, the stakes would definitely be high. People would be feeling everything very intensely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone would be named Antonio. Always. Because, and he would yeah. most likely be gay. Probably, if you're named Antonio. Um, yeah, but then if it was a tragedy, you'd be, you'd, your, your days are numbered. We're all screwed, yeah. yeah. If the world yeah, if the world was a Shakespearean tragedy, which, I don't know, part of me feels like we're currently in, in yeah. one of those. Like, yeah. the, end, the end is nigh, the planet is dying. The planet is dying, there's a pandemic, our, our leadership is, you know, last, mm -hmm. and yeah. There's, yeah. I think there's <laughs> yeah. a reason why people are using Julius Caesar and many other kind of politically charged Shakespearean plays to comment on our current world. Yeah, it's like measure for measure and Caesar were done 
like every theater had a had a measure and a season for the past four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like again just a testament to like the shows that Shakespeare wrote still stand true and still give us something to say about what's happening right now, which mm -hmm. is so cool. Like he wrote he wrote these hundreds of years ago. And people are still going, oh my God, we have to do measure right now because it is perfect commentary for what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so cool. Wow, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Huh. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that if we were living in, in a world, one of these places, yeah, it would suck to be, it was like a tragedy one. Yeah, it would be like, <laughs> yeah, just, we don't need to go there. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're done. Yeah, and then you have like Romeo and Juliet, which feels like a comedy in the beginning, and it has like all the tropes of a comedy. And then at the end of a wedding, there's a death, or multiple a death. deaths. Yeah. Um, but then some people argue that that is their wedding. Yeah, you know, forever and you know, in death. <sighs> Just there. <laughs> Just... Wow. wow. Yeah, it would suck. Definitely be a tragedy, though. Yeah, it would be yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm trying to digest everything, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's so interesting. Wow. Because now, I mean, the way that you have that you guys have have explained it and everything. I mean, I would. Yeah, it's pretty clear that you could use that you could use his work for pretty much, like, uh, let's say you were a, a politician, you were gonna give like a like a speech. You can use some of that too. Or if you were like, yeah, definitely. Like in in general, I think that there is that there is. I mean, uh, from what I from what you have, this guy told me that that there is this huge vast of of, of, of content that is not only that is that is not only for acting. I mean, for acting, sure. But if you wanna explore it, explore it for yourself and to know more about it, and you can use that for other things that you do, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. I was say, I think you can learn a lot about humanity by reading Shakespeare's work. And there was a, a wonderful episode that NPR did um, on just Shakespeare's work and how it fits into the contemporary world. And they were making a point that politicians will quote Shakespeare all the time because mm. Shakespeare is kind of like the Bible. And again, this is something that they were saying on this podcast. You can take any line from Shakespeare and make it mean what you want it to. So it's yeah. this tool that can sometimes not be used for the best purposes because people will be like, well, well, Shakespeare said this. And it's like, yeah, yeah he did, but it was coming out of the mouth of a villain of a play. Yeah. Like, we'll quote like Richard. And it's yeah. like, don't quote him. Don't quote the crazy <laughs> Richard. Yeah, but no, it's it's true. That's what I was going to say as well. It's like, um, you, you mentioned politics or politicians, Dan. I mean, I think politicians especially because politics is all about rhetoric and, mm. and you language in a way to for action and Shakespeare was like the king of rhetoric um so you know I mentioned in my prep I do all the rhetoric work and politicians use that quite effectively or they can't yeah. use that quite effectively um but you know too you said there's just so much content and there is there is so much content and what's crazy is he has all, obviously all his plays and then all of his sonnets and then he wrote novels and then there are all the plays no longer have because yeah. they burned and you epic know. poems so god that's just this man didn't sleep or according to cody this woman did not sleep <laughs> he was like <laughs> hamilton 
he just could not stop writing. <laughs> That's so cool. Wow, it's so I mean, and I wonder like what was on his mind to to uh like to write all of that, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, that must be pretty epic. I mean, yeah. Wow. When I feel like people have been talking about it a lot because he famously wrote Lear during the Black Plague. Like it took a pandemic for him to sit down and create Lear, which is one of one of if I'm not mistaken, one of the few that is definitely an original story from his mind. It's not a, you know, Tristan and Isolde turned into something else. Like Lear is one of the ones that is crafted. I think I, it was still from I, I I think it's more original than the other work, but I think it was still crafted from it, it's 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 from historical. Yeah. <laughs> there was daughters. Um but yeah, I mean he's just what was I going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say. Yeah, the, the fascination of like who he was as a human being, you know, his relationship with his wife, um, the amount, just the amount of, of work that he was able to put out. Oh, this was going to say, which is why what oftentimes people point to when they think that it wasn't him that wrote it, when they think mm. collection of people, they're like, well, how could someone write that much? And that really bothers me. We have... We're okay with having geniuses in math and science mm. and, you know, philosophy. But all of a sudden, if you have a genius in the arts, it's a, it's like, oh, well, that can't be. It must have taken multiple sub-geniuses. Yeah, that's this. true. That's true. You know? Or they will or they will be saying, like, no, he stole this from this one. Or, or he did that. He was, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, no, maybe he was just really smart. Well, and I think this, yeah. like, this is a slight tangent, but it's like, I think that's like that narrative and that kind of rule and restriction on the arts is why we as artists a lot of times feel like we need to like apologize for our work. Like a good friend of mine booked something the other day and I was so excited for her and she's like, oh, well, it's just a little independent film. And, and the part that I have is, is just a little one. And I'm like, why as artists are we apologizing? I'm like, this is a win. We should be celebrating this. Like, why are we using just minimize. to like minimize the art that we've done and i think on a certain level it's like well we've been taught like if i am william shakespeare and i am writing an ungodly amount of wonderful work that mm. can't be right it must have been multiple people because it's the art so no yeah. one can no, no one, one has that's... that ability so it's like so we kind of make ourselves small because we're like if we don't someone on the outside will make us small so we just True. do it first to stay safe not to go yeah. off on a tangent, but... <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, that is, that is like one of the things that when whenever I do this, yeah, whenever that I have uh, the interviews that I do and everything, while I'm, while I'm like doing like the whole research from the content and everything, I mean, I have stood up into many amazing, yeah, many interesting and very cool, cool, cool films that they were like, like short, yeah, like they were like uh, not very important, let's say. But they were really cool, you know, and 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 yeah, of course, at some of them, at some point, I'm I'm saying like, what the hell am I watching? But still, they're interesting, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. Oh, and we've lost Sam. Oh, there we go. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what I was saying here is that it's true. I mean, you should be, you should be, you shouldn't minimize like uh, what you do. I mean, you have. I'm back, right? Yes, you're back. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what was I? Oh yeah. Now. Um, yeah. It's 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 really it's really interesting. Like uh, like whenever like I do this this 
this uh, this research and I will find like all of these interesting short films and projects here and there. Like I've been watching like uh, some of some of the projects from the from the actors that I've interviewed. I'm, I'm watching them currently also like feel like few of them because they're really cool. So I don't so I totally agree on the part that 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 you shouldn't say like like it's really bad that that society at some point would be like no it's it's not it's not a very important project or or something like that you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow and any and any advice you could give to someone who starts studying shakespeare listen to it listen to it watch yeah. it don't read it okay yeah like we've been saying like trying to read it is like trying to read a piece of sheet music um also watch I mean, I agree with Cody, like watch the up and coming actors and, and creators and companies that are, that aren't afraid to experiment yeah. with his work and aren't afraid to do diverse or unconventional casting because mm -hmm. like we're doing with the podcast, there's so much of the storyline that can just be highlighted and magnified for those choices. But I would also say too, don't be afraid to return to like the classic hard, hitters who were just about the text and the work and the rhythm like there are some great rsc videos on youtube that you can watch mm -hmm. um of barton like working with the actors and like breaking down the text and getting really specific with the rhythm um my my favorite shakespearean scholar slash director charles pasternak who i've been lucky to work with several times has always said you have to know the rules to break the rules and it's okay to break the rules in shakespeare but don't break them out of ignorance and so i think Yeah, like start with start have, start with a strong foundation of understanding the text, and and then choose if you're going to honor that or digress from that. It's like jazz. Yeah, you have to you have to understand the rules so that you're breaking them intentionally, and there's yeah. a, there's a valid reason behind why. Again, the meter is messed up, or you're choosing not to pronounce that word that way. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I guess that I have something to something to do this weekend then. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested in that because, I mean, I'm a very curious person, and whenever something gets my attention, I will be like digging, like you know. Uh, so I'll definitely check on that because if I if I can find something that could help, like on, like on this thing on the thing that I'm doing and, and in general, like uh, in life or something, I will definitely check on it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Our life goal is just to put more Shakespeare fans out in the world. Yeah, no, and and, and you know, it's, it is something. It is something that I that I that that I I wanted to do because yeah, I mean the experience that I had was in school and it was terrible. And I and I even and I even said uh, a few of those times when I was at school, like I'm never gonna read about this guy because it's so frustrating. But yeah, now but now of course I do. Now that you, I mean, the, as I said, I mean it. It depends a lot that the way that you are explaining something. So, in other words, you pretty much sell me the <laughs> tell me tell me that. So, I will definitely check on that. Yeah, it sounds interesting. <laughs> and let us know if you if you know if you have questions. People who are watching have questions. Yeah. Um, obviously, we love to talk about we love to talk about him, my yeah. boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now. Now moving moving on to the second part of your of your podcast, which is the cocktail section. Yes. So, tell me, what are some of your favorite cocktails? Oh, just like all time. Yeah. I love Manhattan's. That's like if I'm like out at a fancy restaurant and there's Manhattan on the menu, I'm like, oh. I do 
didn't know that about you, Coach. Did you not? Yeah. I feel like I don't, they're very rarely on a menu. So I just, I feel like I'll go with like an old fashioned or something or a glass of wine instead. But like, in terms of all time favorite cocktails, a good Manhattan like just makes my heart happy. Oh, I like, I like whiskey as well. Like old fashions are great, but I was in Scotland doing Macbeth and there was a restaurant there that had the most incredible gin and tonic. It was with rose gin, elderflower tonic, and like peppercorns mm. with cherry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so good. And I've been trying for so long to recreate that, but they don't sell rose gin in the United States, which is a total yeah. bummer. Yeah. Um, so recently I've been on a gin kick, but uh, I do love, I do love whiskey. There's a great book called Shakespeare Not Stirred, which was part of the inspiration for this podcast, which is all Shakespeare themed cocktails. And we, if you've listened to our podcast, we, we reference them a lot and they're coming on our show, which is like, it's very exciting. Wrote the book. We are <laughs> so excited. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned. That'll be the season finale of season two. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. And and what type of cocktail or drink you will have normally after a bad day? Oh, I feel like if I'm at home, it's like a glass of wine. I was gonna say wine. Yeah, wine is like, wine and then like chocolate and like a cheese board feels like that's, that'll fix a bad day. Stop it. Cheese <laughs> board. Um, oh, we know this because that was one of the questions Dan asked me, he was I like, favorite chocolate and cheese you've ever had and I was like how dare you ask me that yeah <laughs> I can also I so I watched I watched your thing after the fact and you mentioned you were going to get friends going to get lunch with friends at a French restaurant and you were like I'm gonna get a cheese board I can confirm she did get a cheese board so yes, it. I did <laughs> awesome. that was my lunch oysters and which doesn't sound like a good combination but it was delicious there you go. Um, there you go. yeah so it probably would be wine or like a gin and tonic just because it's so like easy and refreshing. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a funny, I had a, a funny story about that one. So it was back in college, I guess. I had like the worst day on, uh, of my life. Well, at that point, anyway. So uh, I went to this friend's bar, and then he was the the bar was empty, so I was the only one. So like literally, like total cliche from the movies. I was sitting in the like uh, yeah, like just in front of it, just like. Like, alone at the yeah, bar. Yeah, like, like, literally, it looked like that. Like, literally, it looked like that. And then my friend of mine, you know, with a glass, just like, you know, greeting yeah. it basically. Yeah. And then he was like, "Hey, do you want to? Do you want to try something?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" Well, I'm working on this new type of drink. So, do you want to try it? And I was like, "Is it gonna be free?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? So he made this drink. I don't remember the whole ingredients, but I remember that he includes. Uh, mezcal and Tabasco, you know the sauce, Tabasco. Ooh. Yeah, it was a bomb. And he put like some, like some other type of stuff. And he made like, yeah, it looked like yeah. So he, so then he was like, drink it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I drink one. And totally, you could feel like how your whole body was telling you, what the hell are you giving, <laughs> giving me? Like literally. <laughs> anyway, so like, no, no more. Yeah, but 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 of course, since since I was having like a bad day, I was like, give me another one, yeah. and another one, and at that point, I haven't that day. I didn't I didn't got yeah. I haven't got breakfast. I haven't eaten anything oh, at all. I was no. fresh, no. like nothing. So, 
after a few of them, I was just like totally, I, I totally black out. But a friend of mine could pretty much complete the whole story, which is cool. So what happened was that, that then it was, so I, I, so I came to this bar like around seven or eight, and then it was 12, 12 a.m. and I was still there and I was totally, yeah, I was just lost. So then, so then he was like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going home. And then a friend of mine was, this, this, this friend of mine was like, no, you can't drive. Are you, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah, okay, here are the keys. And then uh, he asked a cab. And the funny thing is that, and I remember that part, that that the, the cab came, the driver looked at me, and I remember saying, man, you look awful, are you okay? <laughs> and I was, the funny thing here is that he, uh, he, we were like, uh, he was taking me home, and then there was this, uh, there was this burger place open 24-7. He even stopped there, he buy me a burger, and oh. he pretty much buy me the whole meal because he was telling me like, dude, you really look horrible. Are you okay? Oh my. And I, it was awful. And I came home and I couldn't, yeah, it was the, the worst experience of my life. And then at that point, I was like, I'm never going to drink that again. Ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm never drinking again. No. <laughs> it was Tabasco. And I remember one time I was at a party and we were playing, um, oh, it was like Battleship. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I did not play long only because I was terrified and I'm like a little bit of a, of a, I don't know, an old lady when it comes to stuff. I'm like, that's irresponsible. But yeah. the shots were sriracha vodka. <sighs> like, can you have anything worse than the battleship with sriracha vodka? And you would have to like, yeah. it was air pong, you were trying to like throw it into the shot glass. Mm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I think I did one. I was like, I'm gonna go sit over there with the dog and then probably the cheese board. Probably the cheese board. Probably the cheese board. It'll yeah, fix the hot totally. sauce. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think we all have we all have like our our, our experiences. For for me also, like experience experience with wine. I mean, I drink wine, but just maybe one glass and that's it. Uh, when I when I was uh, when I was in Germany, uh, there was like uh, this festival, right? And I gather and we were like gathering a, a couple of friends, right? And all of them brought like their own drinks you know so uh, a few of them brought uh, Jägermeister another one brought uh, vodka tequila and I was the only one who didn't have anything and I was like no I need to I need I need I need something you know so I went to the store and then I found this uh, this huge discount two bottles of wine for five euros I was like yes that's it so I bought the two bottles and the, the wine was really good or at least I think it was good but <laughs> I don't, yeah, it was the worst. And that hangover pretty much taught me that don't mess with the wine. So I will have like one glass, maybe two, and I'll be like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy. But tell me, do you think like a cocktail, it's like a form of language and that you can get the chance to learn a little bit from a person by the drink they're having? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of why we ask all of our actors at the end of each episode, like, if this character was a cocktail, what cocktail do you think they would be? Or, like, what cocktail would your Brutus be? Hmm. Um, and that's part of, that's, like, always one of my favorite moments in our oh, podcast episodes, because you learn so much about the actor and then also about their version of that character. Huh. And what I love, too, because I don't know if you've noticed this, but, like, we'll be asking them <laughs> up until that point, you know, questions about their process, about the character, and it's always this really easy conversation. And then we get to, if they were a cocktail, maybe, and it always feels like that's the question they take the most seriously. They're like, okay, I've really been thinking about this, and I've done some research on this. And all of a sudden, that one just feels to them like the heaviest question, yeah. that they're the most, like, 
like worked up about. And I think it's because we do do learn so much about people, um, you know, and their layers and their textures and all of that from the the drink they put together. And it's it's always the most fun. And then what's great. One of them will say their cocktail and the other after inevitably will go, oh, that's such a good one. You're like, oh, I didn't Yeah, that. yeah, it's great. Yeah, our I think you learn a lot about people. Was Brutus, our actor said Brutus would be a water because he's the DD for the night. And I just thought. <laughs> of course he is, of course he's the designated driver. <laughs> oh, cool. And if you, could, if you could have like your own bar, tell me what kind of bar would it, would it be? Ooh. So Alex and I joke all the time, not joke, like forward project that we want to start our own line of liquor that is designed or of spirits after each of the spirits of Shakespeare. So like have like all the different. So I feel like if we could then transform that into like a theater bar. With plays, like plays you could check out. Or books you can read. Oh, I love that. And then there's also like a stage in the back, so like and then like shows can be happening, or you can just like come and read a play. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was there there was this bar. I don't remember where, but there was this bar uh, that had something like that. That they will have like a stage for plays, but if you don't like it, it's okay. They will have like an area for uh, for like lounge music, and then if you that didn't like that as well. Don't worry. They will have like another, like another floor in which they will have like more, like uh, like pop music or electric music, depending. But it was interesting because, or yeah, it was really cool because you could be like in one floor and be like, okay, let's go to the next one and to the next one. You could be like jumping back and forth to different parts. So yeah, yeah that would be really cool. And you know what? It would be awesome. Like if you if you could have like your own bar, have like stage, and that would also like. It would be really cool because you could get like new, like new, like new upcoming actors, you know? Yeah. To yeah. play on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I think, yeah. Like, Let's do can, it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if we can just turn the podcast into a bar and we'll bring all these actors in and like, yeah. you can do like dueling monologues. Yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. You can have also dates like, uh, like I don't know, like uh, Sundays or Saturdays for stand up comedy, you know, like. Yes. Oh. Like and the that. only requirement is you have to have at least one joke about Billy Shakes. Yeah, just one. That's or one breath. Rule. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know what? That is a really interesting idea because I think like those type of things, they're I mean, they're not gone, but like nobody's paying too much of attention to it. You know what I mean? And I think that that at least for someone who is for someone who is starting having the having the chance or having a place in which they can perform. Yeah. That really helps a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All one right. day. One day. It's coming. We'll make it yeah. out. Yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> once, once, once I move there, I, I, I will, I will. Yeah. Yeah. I will put the whole yeah, blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll be our DJ, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do have. I do have experience with that, so that's so that's a good one. I mean, in the whole <laughs> night thing, I do have experience. So yeah, definitely, and I do have a lot of great ideas too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because my uh, like my brother, he he has he's working on his own brand of beer and his uh, and his brand of mezcal. Uh, but uh, uh, he's working on that, and and he's been, and he's been like finding, you know, he's been he tries to uh, at at some point to uh, to 
make sure that this brand sells like all over. So it would be cool to add like new stuff. And I do, and I do, by the way, I do know how to kind of be bartender. And I also do now know how to flare. I mean, not anymore, but at, at, uh, at some point I did back then. Uh, yeah, so I, I worked in a, in, a, in a bar for like a very long time. And there was this guy who, who was a professional flair. And he was making some really awesome tricks, like with the bottles and knives, and even sometimes with fire. He was amazing. He even That's went to competitions. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he was the best. So he taught me one time, right? He taught me like a, like a trick with a bottle and a knife, I remember. And, uh, and then he wasn't there that, that night, right? And then I was just, uh, I was at, yeah, I was at the bar cleaning. And then some people came. And then at some point the bar was full. I was cool. I was just serving the drinks, really, you know. And then, and then this girl from uh, from my from my college came that I was that I had this huge crush on her, okay, right? And I was like, yeah, this is my turn to impress her. This is my time. And then this friend of mine was like, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, good. And then he was like, what are you gonna do? I'm just gonna do the trick. And then he was like, wait, what trick? And I was like, yeah, you know, the trick with the bottle and the knife. And then he was like, are you sure? Yeah, I got this. I got this. And I was like, okay, fine. So then. So then, uh, so then, all of uh, all of this group of people came. That girl was included, and she was in the front. So I was like, "Yeah, this is my time," you know. I was like, "Okay, oh, I yeah. got this." So I started to do the whole flare and everything, and everything was amazing until a point, until a moment that the lights went off because it was raining a lot that day. The lights went off. The I didn't saw anything. The bottle hit my head, so you only hear. A <laughs> and when I tried to grab the knife, it caught my hand, <gasps> and just a little bit, of course. But it was so that everything that the bottle break, the knife break, was, I ended up causing a mess, and then the awkward silence. No. <laughs> and yeah, at that point I was like, okay, uh, we're closed. So thank you guys and uh, have a good one, please. So yeah, right, then, everybody get out. <laughs> everyone get out. The show was over, and luckily nothing happened to me. And I'm so happy that that that, that at that point there were no memes. Or yeah. you know, like fancy, like fancy cameras, you know. Otherwise, right. it would have become a meme because it was literally would have been all out. over YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was lights out and then, bing, bing. And <laughs> it was awful. It was awful, but it happened. Wow. Now, tell me, what kind of drink would you recommend for the weekend? Oh, I feel like it's like it's so summery and hot out right now. Yeah. Like something that fits that vibe, like an aperol spritz or something, is my recommendation for the weekend i for some reason i'm thinking cucumber margarita <gasps> oh okay. i like that yeah. you know something refreshing cold yeah, sounds good sounds good yeah. fair enough and if you could describe your podcast channel with five words which ones you will use cody you choose three i'll choose two. Oh god okay we'll just go back and forth ready okay. uh set uh okay okay edutainment Oh, God, like creative. I was thinking like casting. Okay, so oh. edutainment. Um, yeah, like education and entertainment together. Yeah, edutainment. I got you. Um, casting. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be boring. Um, okay, fine. Cocktails. Billy Shakes. Hyphenated, so one word. Hyphenated, one word. Um, nerds. Yeah. There you go. Very Solid. Nice. Love it. Oh. My heart's pounding okay. really hard. That was stressful. <laughs> very, very high for that. Cool. And what can we expect to see in the future for your amazing podcast? Well, we're going to have those amazing women on who wrote the book that inspired the podcast. And we're going to have, should, 
You think we should announce it, Cody? Not yet. I'm like, we have some very exciting special guests who are coming to speak mm -hmm. to us about all sorts of amazing things. So stay tuned. And how this happened was Cody came over, we were and we were making a list of like people who would be just like, who would be our dream guests. And then we just emailed them. And we started emailing and almost everyone has said yes so far, yeah. which is pretty yeah. Within like 10 minutes, people yeah. were like, yeah, send me the link. And we sent the link, they write back like, oh my God, I'm listening to the nurse episode. I love it. I'd love to be, no. we were like, oh. Ah. So, yeah, so stay tuned. Different. We've got some really, really cool industry people coming to talk to us about all things Shakespeare. That's so cool. And yeah, it's an amazing feeling, isn't it? When you send the yeah. message, like, when they reply, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. Yeah, we're excited. And the final question here, if you could describe both your careers, but using but using only one of Shakespeare quotes, which ones you will use? Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Go, go. Okay, I'm like, I know mine. So, okay, for me, and this is one of my all-time Shakespeare quotes, but I think it really applies to acting and being an actor. Mm. Ophelia says towards the end of Hamlet, she says, we know what we are, but not what we may be. Which I think like you and it's like it's when she's kind of losing her sanity and i think when characters lose their sanity they start to speak real golden nuggets of truth and i think that one is so true because you can know who you are in this industry but it, it could go anywhere you have no idea what you're going to become so you have to keep staying true to who you are to circle back to the beginning of hamlet to thine own self be true if you can hold on to that you can keep moving down the right track because the world's going to throw shit at you and you don't know what you're going to become. None of us know what we're going to become. True, true. Okay. Nice. Wow. Also from Hamlet, more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. I love that one because it's the idea of like the unknown, the things that we can't necessarily put language things that you know, the philosophy in terms of like the acting and industry and technique, all the things you can prep and plan for, but then all the things that just, the things we, we, things we can't prep and plan for, but also the things about human behavior and the human soul and storytelling and empathy that as much as we can dive deep into and, and untangle and unravel as actors, we have to let there be that, that's that special magical ingredient of, of the mystery and the unknowing that also exists within art. And yeah. why is sacred? Um, yeah. I love that. Love you, Versa. Love you, Versa. Wow. And bonus question. I just thought about one real quick. If you could describe, again, both your careers, but in one cocktail, which one you would choose? Um, I'm, I, I'm gonna be like, oh no, 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 no. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> I'm going to say moonshine for mine. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like, whoa, okay. Only because, like, there's, there's a process. There's, it's, it's, moonshine to me also has always felt like teamwork. I know it sounds weird, but it's like under the moon and there's, you know, <laughs> and then there's a punch, you know, but there's like yeah. something that's like, secretive and surreptitious and with other people and I don't know like 
I love that about this industry. I love that it's a collaborative sport. I love that you're working with people and you have a team and like my, my manager is on right now. Like, and I think I thought, I thought Tom, maybe my agent fly on too. It was like, are you there? Um, <laughs> and so, and then that gives the most effective like punch. And it was the first ever drank as a human. Uh, of course. On brand, Alex. On brand. No, I would say Monjai. I'm okay, so then I am gonna stick with my guns with my first impulse. Cause I, I had it and then I was like, oh I shouldn't say that out loud. I'm gonna go with absinthe because <gasps> because because okay. when I was in New Orleans for a very long time and I learned how to do absinthe traditionally. It is a process. It takes a lot of time. There is a lot of ritual involved. Like you've got to have the right cup and you fill the bulb with the absinthe and that's like what's gonna hit hard. And then you have the big like dispenser with ice water and you put the little grated spoon down with the little sugar cube and then you have to drip ice water over the sugar cube into the absinthe until it fills up. So it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. But at the end, when you finally drink it, like imagination, is going to expand. You're going to grow. It happens fast. So I love again, that. Again, it's like the idea, and I think that's, that's true with this industry. This industry comes with a lot of ritual, a lot of patience, yeah. put in the work, keep doing the thing, and then boom, everything is exploding, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Yes. So that's, that's mine. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. So we got absinthe and moonshine. <laughs> what does that say about us, Alex? Also, moonshine is a character in Pyramus and Thidsby. Yeah. In the well done. But alcohol just literal moonshine, moonshine. <laughs> just, Dan, um, this has been so great thank you for having me again thank you so much for accepting it was really amazing uh make sure that you're following both of both of your both of the pages from these amazing people yeah. also the podcast leave a couple of leave a bunch of millions likes also <laughs> share and make sure that you listen to the podcast because they have really awesome content and also before i send you guys off you know the drill i need to send you off with an epic so here we go There we go. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, thank you so much. I mean, I, it's really amazing what you guys are doing. I mean, the fact that you are uh, pretty much dissecting all, all of Shakespeare's work to make it more more entertaining and more interesting to, uh, to, uh, to everyone, that is something really inspiring. At the same time, it's really awesome. Because as I said before, like a lot of people who don't know anything about Shakespeare and, and, and the way they pretty much Taught, taught us that it was like the worst way the fact that you guys are coming and try to <clears throat> make it uh make it simple make it more friendly make it more interesting that is a really awesome thing and um and yeah i i can't wait to see more of your amazing content i will be definitely supporting all the time because you guys are rocking keep rocking and i'll see you in the next one then thank thanks you so much dan all right have good a good one, one okay bye y'all